Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Thank you for joining us once again. We had the great privilege of sitting down with Richard Capriola, who is a mental health and addictions counselor and has been for the last two decades. He's also the author of the book, The Addicted Child. I loved this conversation. I It was great. I hope you get as much out of it as we did. Yeah, I just felt so empowered after listening to this and after having this interview with him because addictions is something that just I was so fearful of and didn't really know what to look out for. So this podcast is great for you, whether you have a baby, an older child, a teenager, you are going to want to listen to this, save it for future, listen to it now, listen to it again when you need it. It's a great one. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Hello, hello, and welcome back to this week's episode. We have a fun one this week. We're going to answer one of the questions that we've had recently in our group. So I am Pam. Hello, everyone. And with me, I have Elisa. Hello. Let's get started. Elisa, do you want to read that question for us? Yep. My 11-month-old previously slept through the night, but has been waking multiple times the last few weeks. It was teething at first, I think, and then it just kept up. I was going in because of teething and then because we had company for a bit and didn't want her to wake the whole house. Now she seems to have regressed significantly and I'm at a loss. I've been feeding her at night wakings now because I just don't have the energy to ignore or rock her. But this week she won't even go to sleep after a feed and I'm back in there 30 minutes later sitting with her for 30 to 45 minutes and then we start all over again a few hours later. I'm thinking I just need to be strong for a few nights and let her figure it out on her own, but thought some input from some well-rested, experienced mamas may help. Okay, so So, before we even jump into, because there's, you know, habitual night wakings now, there's feedings. One of the things that we really want you to be mindful of is typically around that 10, 11 month mark, we need to reduce that morning nap. So that could be where some of those wakings have started was because that morning nap can be too long. We do have an episode, um, I think it's titled, If Your Afternoon Nap Is Short. And we kind of talk through that whole process of reducing that morning nap of the two naps, the afternoon naps, most important. So that might be something to be mindful of for those 10 and 11 month olds. But if you are in a situation where that could have been the start of the situation or the challenges, and now you're kind of in this habitual waking, and now we have feedings, and it's taking a lot longer to settle, now we can kind of jump into those. So first, I just want to say these things can happen. So don't Mm -hmm. feel bad about getting to this point. There's always a way to fix it. And we are going to tell you how you can work through that today. What you'll want to do is just like you said, you will want to spend a few good nights really setting some limits surrounding the nighttime wakings. Mm -hmm. So the thing is, is that the feeding has now become an expectation for your little one again. They were previously going the night without feeding. So you know that they can do it. It's just that now that has become a new expectation. So She knows that she's going to get milk and that keeps her continuing to wake up Mm -hmm. wanting milk. And now it's just gotten to the point where there's also that parental presence that she's and that interaction that she's now looking for. So it has become that 
the feeding just isn't enough anymore. So getting back to independent sleep throughout the night is going to be what helps you here. It doesn't mean that you have to ignore her like you mentioned. What you'll want to do is choose a method that you feel comfortable with and that you feel is going to be a great method for her to get her back on track. But she needs that reminder that she can do it on her own. So whatever you do, it doesn't have to be that you're leaving the room, that you're not going back in. You can go back in. Absolutely. If you do decide to leave the room, you can sit in the room and have your comfort and your presence there for her if you feel like that's going to be the best method for her. But what you want to do is implement a method, know what you're implementing, have Mm -hmm. a plan. If you need a plan or need some support, we are absolutely here for you at any point in time. But you'll want to have that plan. You'll want to know exactly what you're doing when you go into the room or, you know, when she does wake up at night and you are going to want to implement that super consistently. Ding, ding, ding. Lisa just said the magic word. Consistency is the biggest piece of children like Mm -hmm. any any parenting with children consistency is such a big piece of it especially when you're going back to setting those firm limits and boundaries at night right and you're letting her know that milk is not an expectation anymore it's not what she needs to have she can do it on her own again So that's the first piece of the puzzle for you is to remind her that she can do it again and go back to full independent sleep at bedtime for naps. If you found that that has fallen off track as well, that's going to be a really good place to look at. And then in the middle of the night, Mm -hmm. the more consistent you can be, the faster she's going to be reminded of the skill that she already has and the faster you're going to get sleep back on track. So the second piece that was mentioned in the question was now the feeding. So we know at 11 months, they don't need those calories overnight. And the challenge with calories overnight is that it can start to take those calories from during the day. So they become reliant on those calories. It doesn't take long, three nights, and they those calories are like, uh, okay, great. I need those every night now. Thank you. So that's going to continue the waking. So we have two, well, there's different, there's certainly there's different methods, but, you know, getting back on track sooner. One of the fastest ways of doing that would be cold turkey. If that feels comfortable with your family and you think you can hang tight and do it, great. If not, you can reduce. So that can be, you know, take your two feedings and reduce them by one or two minutes. And then the next night, one or two minutes. And then the next night, one or two minutes. So you're kind of bringing it down or if you're, if you're bottle feeding, you're reducing ounces in the bottle. So you're reducing one ounce every night, every couple of nights, if you're doing the gradual reduction way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then once they're down to, you know, half an ounce, an ounce or one to two minutes, uh, then we just kind of cut it out and we stop feeding. They're no longer needing those calories at that point because it's not really that much. So taking a few nights and reducing those calories and then being really diligent and consistent with your method. Now we're going to reduce, eliminate those calories. We're no longer relying on that. Now that habitual waking with that parental presence, we're no longer relying on that. We're remembering our skill. And then, you know, ideally in four or five nights, sleep is back on track again. Like this does not need to be something that needs to take two or three or four weeks. You know, if it's been a little bit of a while that your little one's been waking, if they're having lots of calories at night, sure, it might take you a few more nights than that. But for the most part, you know, within a week or so, we really want to see them getting back on track with that nice, healthy, consolidated overnight sleep. And then in the future, if 
you know, something happens like teething or having company or traveling, you want to remember once they're night weaned, they don't need to have milk anymore throughout the night. So Mm -hmm. even when they do wake up, you can deal with them in a different way. And just remember not to offer milk as a part of that, because then it can become a new expectation again, Mm -hmm. very quickly. So you don't want to go back down that road once you've really worked on that. So that's a good, and you know, I know it can be hard because in the middle of the night, when our children, when, when our babies are waking up and we're used to them sleeping, we're kind of like, oh, what's going on? They might be (laughs) hungry. Yes. And how can we get them back to sleep, you know, as quickly as possible? Because I'm not used to waking at night and this feels really hard. Yeah. So I do find having something written out for you Mm -hmm. that is in the room with your, so if you're going to be in the room for the method that you're using and offering lots of, you know, touch and physical support at first, then you have something in that room that has all the reasons why you're doing this and has just a little bit of something that will motivate you to continue and to really see it through until they're back asleep. If you're leaving the room, have something right by the door that you look at right before you go into that room so that you are reminding yourself again of why you're doing this. And that can help change that internal talk, which mm-hmm. the internal talk sometimes really can make oh, us brings spiral. us completely down spirals, spins us out of control sometimes. And then it just gets the better of us when we start something and then we start to second guess. And then that internal dialogue starts going off. You're like, oh man that was a really poor choice I made when it was actually a really good choice, but you just talked yourself out of it. So having, having some positive, you know, I know that we can do this. I know that we can get back to great sleep. I know that she's not hungry. She needs to be able to sleep. I need to be able to sleep. Yes. So that internal talk, like try if it's, you know, what if this and what if that, you know, and it always seems to be negative, try and change that to that positive. What if it's, she's only awake for a few minutes and then she sleeps for the next six hours and tomorrow night she sleeps all night long instead of it. Like, what if, what if she wakes up again? And what if, what if she keeps crying? And what if she, it's just an awful night, try and change that. What if it's a great night? What if I go in and do one check-in and, and then she sleeps really well? What if tomorrow night is even better than tonight, you know? So trying to change some of that, negative self-talk into that some of that positive uh, can definitely help especially as we're going in to offer support give your shoulders a little shake take a deep breath kind of run through that little mantra and then do that support yeah it can help you go in with confidence which mm-hmm. really really is another key to success mm-hmm yeah because if you're going in and and you're not sure or you're feeling anxious and you're like oh I don't know. I, I think I'm going to do this, but what if I do this? Like your child knows exactly what you're feeling. They can lights off. They don't need to see your facial expressions. They know you, they know what you're feeling. So if you're coming in and, and, and responding to them and you're feeling like you're up in that eight, nine and your heart is beating and you're just so unsure, they're going to feel that. And, and in turn, that's going to cause that could cause some of that fear that can cause them to grip on harder and longer. That could cause more of that upset because they're just like, I don't know if you know what you're doing. So I don't know if this is okay. Right. Where we want to go in with that, take that deep breath, give our shoulders a shake, get into that kind of mantra, that positive frame of mind so that we're projecting that 
that confidence onto them. So yes, they may not be happy with what you're doing, but they're starting to understand, okay, they know what they're doing there. This is going to be the exact same. I know that this is what they're going to do. So now that's going to start to offer that comfort. So really trying, really trying to assess how you're feeling as you're responding is, is a really big piece. Sorry, Lisa, I went off on a tangent on that. That's okay. I was just going to say, what we do for our families is we set you up with a full plan, mm-hmm. but we support you along the way. So we help you through all of these little bits and pieces. So if you are feeling like, you know, you just don't want to do this alone and you want someone with experience and the knowledge to really help you through this, we are there to ensure that what you're doing is going to work for you and your family. Reach out to us, info at restfulparenting.com and we can help you. Thanks, Lisa. That was awesome. I really like that question. See you next time. See you next time. Thanks for joining us on today's episode. We so appreciate that you've taken that time to come and hang out with us and listen to what we have to say. If you are struggling with sleep or parenting, please know that we have loads of free information on the website um, as well as on the YouTube channel. But if after you've read through everything and you've watched those videos, if you're still struggling, know that you're not alone and that we would love to help. So be sure to check out the website, www.restfulparenting.com. You'll find the link to book your free 15-minute call right there. And if you have any comments or anything you'd like to share with us, please leave them below in the comments. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks.